of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a very British horror. And what are we going to be talking about in this exciting episode, Paul? We're going to be talking about a film that is probably a bit different to the sort of films we normally talk about. And I'm hoping you're going to tell me why we've chosen to do this film. Uh, But we're looking at the 1989 film Warlock with Julian Sands and Richard E. Grant. Yes. And there's the, okay. So we've decided to do this, this film because of Julian Sands, who is an actor we've long admired and who is sadly missing. We're recording in May, 2023 and he went missing from a hike in California in January 2023, uh, in yep. extremely bad weather conditions, and um, it, it is obviously very, very concerning. And um, you know, we're our heart goes out to, to Julian Sands's family and friends, and uh, we wanted to uh, cover one of his British horror movies. And he's actually made quite a few horror movies o- over the years. Um, so, so I, I thought that would be a, a nice thing to to do. Um, so there, there are a couple of a couple of things we do have to other things we have to get out of the way before we launch into it. Yep. One, I'd really like to just apologise to anyone who's um, put this podcast on, thinking, "Great, I love cowboy movies, uh, Warlock, classic <laughs> western, Henry Fonda." It's not that Warlock. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I mean, I like westerns too, but don't do a podcast about them. So sorry about that. <laughs> to be fair, I think if anyone saw the the name of our podcast, is a bit of a giveaway as to what we might be talking about. I think that's true. I think that's true. <laughs> but uh, although, although apart from the two leads, this isn't very British, is it? Well, um, that was the other thing I, I needed to to come on to. Why are we counting this as British horror? Well, two leads are. British, Julian Sands and Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant actually from Swaziland, but uh, clearly a British citizen, a British actor. So so I think that that counts. Um, but also the characters they play are both from um, Bo- well, Boston, Massachusetts, but, but 1691, so in the, in the yeah. early 1690s. And the early part of the film is indeed set in Boston in 1691 and Boston in 1691 was British. Therefore, you know, case closed, <laughs> clearly a British horror film. And, so. and to be, be fair, I think the, the director of this, uh, Steve Miner, who's not British, um, uh, who, who's probably more famous for doing Friday the 13th films, um, he, he in, I think he insisted that they they would be British. Him and the scriptwriter both insisted they'd be British because it's literally, as he they said, it's something like they're five minutes off the boat. Um, yes, yeah, I, so, I think I think, so, yeah. I think that's right. And um, that you know, so brilliant, it clearly clearly counts. So you you know, there's no no debate at all. Well, well, well done us. Um, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Paul, um, could you give me a, a bit of a re- refresher on what this film is actually about? Uh, okay, so 
um, as we previously said, this is New England in 1691. Uh, it, it opens there with um, some elders for the, from a, the, the community there going into mm. a uh, tower block where they've captured uh, an evil warlock um, whose name we never never find out, I don't think. You're right, he's um, called the Warlock. He's called the Warlock. Uh, he, he's obviously a, 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 a badden, and they're going to um, sentence him to death. Um, there's there's also a, a, another kind of shabbier, mulleted-looking guy hanging around who we find out is, is, is Red Fern. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they've basically got uh, he, he's got some some issues with the warlock and wants to see him destroyed um, however that doesn't happen, the warlock conjures up a spell uh, and transports himself into the future and Redfern jumps along with him so that they both go there and they end up in it's California I think isn't it and uh, contemporary to the film so in the late 80s where um, the warlock's trying to put, put piece together some three pieces of uh, the devil's bible, basically. The, the grimoire. grand grimoire, yeah. That's it, yeah. Um, and Redfern is, is going to try and stop him whilst both trying to adjust to, to 80s America, along with Cassandra of the K who just happens to get involved in all of this, who's played by Laurie Singer, who was reasonably famous at the time. You know, um, I think that's right. And, and, and that's, that's, the that, whole, that's the whole story. That's the, that's the, yeah, that's the gist. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I just want to take it, because like, you mentioned the, 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 the three leads. Um, so Julian Sands, he um, played plays it with quite a, a degree of charm yeah. and because um, he because the character is absolutely horrible there's no redeeming features whatsoever uh, no. is i mean murders a child at one point in the <laughs> film um and commits many horrific crimes and it's clearly like a uh, yeah i mean awful awful person but um you know, because just because of the way Julian Sands does it with his like movie star charisma, he's not. You don't actually hate him that much. He's just kind no. of. It's, he's yeah, like you said, he's 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 quite charming in this, um, uh, and the exact opposite of his counterpart, I think. Yeah, so um, G- Julian Sands obviously decided you know there's not a lot to work with and and and, and <laughs> but Richard E. grant tries acting so um <laughs> so he does and, and and it's the script is not you know replete with things to get your teeth into as a as a classically trained actor <laughs> so but he man he does a scottish accent completely unnecessarily but he obviously wanted to do a scottish accent uh, and he does you know, do some grav. He lends some gravitas and tries to get some emotional weight into into uh, Redfern's backstory about his yeah. lost love, Marion, who probably has been murdered by the um, by the warlock, which is why he's like yeah. um, relentlessly tracking to to confound the warlock's evil schemes. So, 
Um, so, I, 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 and, oh, so just a little bit of background on yeah. the, the two. So Julian Sands uh, was a big star at the time, um, but he wasn't a big star for long. I think it's fair to say, but he, he'd become a kind of in, uh, A-list leading man due to the surprising success of Room with a View. Yeah. A few years uh, earlier and he'd gone to, to Hollywood and, and he made a few films as a, as a leading man in his career uh, doing that was pretty much ended in the early nineties by boxing Helena, boxing Helena, <laughs> a really interesting film, but ended the, the careers of basically everyone involved. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, and Richard E. Grant was riding the Withnell and I wave. This is yep. not that long after Withnell and I, when he was in the conversation, he went to Hollywood as well briefly, but he came back after Hudson yeah. Hawk. Maybe we wouldn't, but, but he, um, yeah. Uh, and they both had very long distinguished careers as character actors, essentially. But this yep. was their this was their phase when they were proper movie stars. So um, you mentioned you mentioned him doing a Scottish accent. Um, I I have a, a bit of a mad theory about why that might be, and I it. think because this film I think um, reminds me a bit. It has a lot of similarities in a way with with Highlander. Oh, it does. You're right. So. Um, and so I think I think maybe maybe he's they're they're kind of playing on that because because there's quite a few Scottish people in that opening sequence. Um, the main sort of whatever he is, judge, person, magistrate, I think, magistrate. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for it, it, at the beginning. He he's also Scottish, isn't he? Or has a Scottish accent. Do you, do you mean Ian Abercrombie? Oh, no, you don't mean Ian Abercrombie, but but yeah, the, I see what you mean. Um, so yeah. so what, one of the magistrates is played by Ian Abercrombie, who who had a who was like a, a transatlantic Brit. Um, but yeah. I, I think he had more. I mean, he, Ian Abercrombie had more of an English accent, but yeah, the main he but he wasn't like like, like the main judge. Who I think maybe you're no. correct. I don't remember, but um, um, but Ian Abercrombie is. Uh, famous amongst dedicated Star Wars fans because he was the Emperor in the Clone Wars, and um, I think he, I believe, he was also in Army of Darkness. And and if you go to the Wikipedia page for Warlock, it doesn't mention Ian Abercrombie, so therefore, this is premium content now. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. See, I, I thought that was that that bit was crying out for a Christopher Lee cameo. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think maybe the budget did, didn't allow for it, but but also um, the dynamic between Gillian Sands and Richard E. Grant, Warlock and Redfern is Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, and Richard E. Yeah. Grant's playing Peter Cushing, and Gillian Sands is playing Christopher Lee. That's that's how I viewed it, but I'm I'm viewing it through a prism of watching a hundred films with um, <laughs> that the Hammer made and Amicus made and stuff. Maybe that's how I view all films. But but, um, yeah. but I, I thought I thought it it very much went for that dynamic, which was totally not how um, horror films were being made at that time in, in no. 1960s America. So, um, no, 
and, and maybe it's why they went. F- I mean, obviously, um, the, you, you know, the the reason of authenticity to get British actors, but maybe also you, you're going for a bit of a for a bit of Cushing and Lee of that kind of vibe um, when 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 you when you make it, and you know, well, I think so, maybe it's yeah. why. I'm drawn to Warlock so much. It's that kind of thing. But yeah. it would have been better with, with actual Christopher Lee. But um, uh, <laughs> Peter Cushing had retired. Uh, yeah. He'd retired in 86. So um, he wouldn't have been available. Christopher Lee would be more just like averse to doing a horror film rather than yeah. unavailable. At that yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Um, and we should also... Uh, have a little bit of a discussion of Laurie Singer because, um, like you say, she was she was pretty famous. She was I, I I'd say she was a poster child for 1980s US culture, which makes her a great counterpoint, yeah. by, by the way, to the other two. Um, but she had been in the famed TV series and the movie yep. Footloose. I love Footloose, <laughs> <laughs> but um, also, um, and I had to be reminded uh, of this. But she went on in the nine. 90- well, she, I think this is started in the eighties, but she went on in the nineties to to uh, appear in um, movies by Robert Altman and Alan Rudolph, uh, more than one Alan Rudolph film. So um, that, that's kind of U.S. independent cinema and yeah. shortcuts, which is you know very well regarded in, in independent movie from that time that Robert Altman did. So um, and and I, and, I, and I I call this out specifically because I I think that. Her style, acting style, is different from Sands and Richie Grant, and and it can be a yeah. little bit jarring. But it's not that she's bad; it's that she's doing something different to them. <laughs> but but then I I think that works in the context of the film because both Judy and Sands and Richard E. Grant's characters are, are out they're they're fish out of water. I mean, this 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 borders at times on being a little bit of a fish out of water comedy it doesn't quite tip over into it but it, it has it has a few moments the airplane yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. no no uh, i i think i think that's right and also um i think now's the time to say it may be also modeled on a little bit on um is it time after time which had a kind of similar idea of two Brits in America. Two, yeah. Uh, but one of them was Jack the Ripper and one of them was H.G. Wells in that case. <laughs> but... <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's a similar similar thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've got a fun fact about um, Laurie Singer. And, okay. And you may have thought this was crushingly obvious from the fact that her name is Laurie Singer, but her brother is Mark Singer. And ah. I never realised. And he's the Beastmaster. I love Mark Singer. Yeah. And he, he's uh, Donovan in, is it Donovan in um, V? As well? Yeah, indeed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, no, I, I, thought, I thought that was cool. Um, and so this movie, though, so um, I mentioned the hammer vibe, but the, I mean, the, the story just goes on that um, the Warlock's obviously great at magic and, yeah. and um, Redford Fern knows the ways to stop it. And then it's this like 90 minute, 100 minute battle between the, 
the two of them, but what, what makes the difference is Cassandra with a K. Cause, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah the, um, she, she's got a bit of local knowledge and she's also, she's reluctant to get involved. Uh, she's forced to because um, Warlock curses her with age. Yeah. And she like, ages 20 years a day. Um, so, yeah. so she needs Giles's help to, uh, and I'm calling him Giles because it's revealed his name is Giles. Um, <laughs> um, uh, he, he, she needs his help to to break the curse, and then but then they've been by the time she does that, um, and and mercifully the aging makeup is removed. Um, she um, uh, she's she's all in in the quest to stop him from getting the grand grimoire, and um, yeah. Apparently, I was reading that she was quite um quite difficult about the the aging makeup so she didn't want any prosthetics on her face at all um see and, i i read that the, on um on wikipedia and, yeah. um, <laughs> which is a very legitimate research tool um yeah so yes um but i actually think they i mean i think she may well have been right so, yeah. so uh, I, the the aging effects that they did are actually, you know, in, in her forties, she just has like grey hair and 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 a bit of makeup to yeah. show, and which is not what they intended. But I I think no. it was exactly the right thing to do. And then she has very subtle prosthetics when she's in her sixties. I um, I, th- I think it's I think it's quite a. I I get that she's kind of like the the female lead in it, so. I, I would understand it, it's it's a kind of interesting choice to have your female lead who you've presumably got because it's a Hollywood film. You've got got them because they're relatively attractive. Um, mm. And and then you make them old for, for about, I don't know, was it a third of the film, if not a bit more than that? And, and that's quite an interesting choice. And, and I can see perhaps why she was a bit, Probably thought, well, yeah, no, I don't want to be. Uh, yeah, but it's also under quite tons progressive. of makeup. It's quite yeah, well, yeah, it is. Yeah, and and she is. Um, she's. She, I mean, she's not a screaming uh, heroine. She doesn't need to be continually rescued. Um, she's quite self-sufficient. So she's quite. She's quite modern, actually. And 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 you know, it is. Her, she kills the warlock at the end. <laughs> it yeah. isn't Redfoot, yeah. and she does it. Yeah. <laughs> in a really ludicrous way but she does it so so i think um you, you know that's that's actually that that is quite progressive for a 1980s film um so but the, the whole thing on, on the makeup i think it would have been not progressive to show an older woman as uh basically a muppet <laughs> you know with a like a yeah a, a, a terrible uh, prosthetic job I, um, I, I, aging makeup never never works well especially it, especially at this this sort of era in the 80s it always it, it, it looks bad and it always looks um yeah it, it dates really badly as well so like i think you look you end up looking like hoggle from labyrinth or or well, yeah. and, and, it, and it's so I mean, today, today we wouldn't use aging makeup. Today we would use CGI. And yeah, that yeah. works obviously much better. But uh, yeah, uh, so, so, so actually I quite like it. And some some of the effects in the, this movie are not that great. Um, right. and, and apparently that 
that was to do with production issues. Um, yeah. That they went for a cheaper option at the last minute. And then to, the fact they, they went for a cheaper that. option and it was at the last minute, both counted against <laughs> Well, they had to do effect sequences just with not really knowing if that they could actually do the effects in afterwards. Um, um, but there are some there are some and, and they do look very they do look very 80s and very kind of 80s music video esque. There's this fantastic scene quite early on where the the um the warlock needs to get instructions. So so he goes to a fake psychic and, yeah. and wants to talk to Satan and she like she fakes it, not yeah. realizing who he meant. And then he goes, I'm just going to sit and wait for this to really start. And then suddenly it does. And then her face changes. Like make, It's very demonic. And that's really good makeup. And well, that's, that's a really that's just, good yeah. scene. Well, that's just good prosthetics, isn't it? And that whole scene's absolutely brilliant. I love that. So yes. It's, it's genuinely a bit disturbing. In fact, there's quite a lot early on in this film that's that's quite grim and disturbing. And it, and it gets, gets less... So as it goes along, um, it gets more action orientated. That's why. Yeah, it gets a bit more, more sort of action, fantasy sort of, um, sort of uh, orientated, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And it's like a chase because I mean the the MacGuffin, yeah. the Grand Grimoire, and they've got to get back to Boston to get the third bit, and of course. It's um oh it's all right it's on holy ground oh it's not on holy ground and stuff stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then they have the graveyard fight and and, and then the, this is the this is the thing where where he, the, the warlock throws her through the air into like uh I, I don't know if it's the river that goes through Boston or a lake or something but yeah. but she but she realizes that she's landed in salt water. So she uses her instant because she's a diabetic. We've seen that; it's been well established. Yeah. She, she uses those needles. Uh, well, does she full 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 syringe full of salt water and then um, injects it into the uh, warlock, which kills him because of the salt, and that's how he's yeah. defeated. Now, I mean, that's just not. I mean, right? I mean, because. <laughs> <laughs> a, a little. I mean, what he's basically done is injected a bit of saline into his soft tissue. I, yeah. I'm not exactly sure <laughs> how that's meant to kill him. But, he, but he, let's he, face it, Jack, <laughs> Dracula in, in the Hammer's Dracula has been killed by far less. So it's it's so so. I mean, it works in the context of the big action scene and stuff, and the and the take this use. You, yeah, you, uh, you fiend kind of it, thing. It, it works, it's, but it's nonsense. I mean, even quite... even <laughs> it, it's it's not a. Qual- I mean, what's more likely to kill him is like so, like um, you know some some waterborne disease from the <laughs> from the water. <laughs> it gets gets vials disease. That, well, that, exactly. That, that, that wouldn't really. That's quite. That'd be quite a slow slow ending. That. <laughs> it would, yeah, no, it would, but, 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 you know, the even, even because obviously, he, the, I mean, if he had no body, if he had no salt in his body to begin with, he'd be dead. Yeah, or maybe, or maybe witches have some kind of way of, of 
yeah, but it's that, I just thought that yeah. was very, very silly. Well, maybe, maybe they just have like they're only allowed a certain amount of salt. But I, and it wasn't even in his bloodstream because because that that wouldn't work. He wouldn't get it in his bloodstream like that. But <laughs> anyway, but I did anyway. quite like I did quite like the diabetic insulin thing. I thought that was quite. They did that quite well. I think they had that. Um, I think I think they sort of used that enough times that it didn't feel quite like a sort of Chekhov's gun at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. No. I I I agree. I thought it was a, a satisfying that that bit was satisfying. That yeah. the, the, the 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 very slightly salty water. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, like that was. And because because it's also like those those syringes are going to have like five milliliters of <laughs> capacity maximum. <laughs> you, you know, it's yeah, it might make him slightly uncomfortable. That's the worst it could do. I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> uh, he'd have to be really careful ordering fries at McDonald's or something, wouldn't he? Yeah, in fact, in fact, every in fact, how did he? Because presumably he has to eat, so. It's in 80s America, almost everything he would have got hold of would have been plastered with salt. You, you, you're absolutely right. There'd be much more, much more salt in the McDonald's. Maybe, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's it. Maybe it had just been building up, and that that last little bit was enough to just tip him over. <laughs> <laughs> he was already in the red zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's another. The, the, so there was another thing I didn't. So the film, I like I said, is mostly progressive, but there was one thing I didn't like, which, yeah. which was um, so at, at the at the beginning, the, the like the first victim of the warlock is yeah. um, is Cassandra's landlord, um, and and he's. Uh, a, a gay character, and then the, therefore yeah. the police think he's been murdered through some kind of, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, um, through, through some kind of cottaging incident or something yeah. like that. Well, they, um, they kind of think he's sort of a paedophile or something. Well, right? exactly, and, exactly. And, and her defense and, of that, she, <laughs> I've she, written she, this she down. Says, Go on. She, she says he, he was gay, but he wasn't queer, <laughs> yeah. It's just like yeah, I, I wrote that down. I I, I just like okay, that's yeah. super that's okay. super offensive. Now I'm not even sure that you that if they showed <laughs> that on TV, they would even keep that line. It's that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, different times, different standards, and me, the word obviously <laughs> meant something different then. But geez, or meant something different to the scriptwriter then. Uh, but geez, really. I I I it's a shame because I think in the scenes that he's in, they they avoid that thing of making him overtly gay, yes, super camp because they because because he he is a bit but he's not. I thought they did it quite well. I thought he was quite you know. I just thought that that urge would be there to make him super flamboyant and 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 he just wasn't, which was quite nice. Yeah, yeah, but then then they they kind of ruined it. But then... okay. so so the thing I want to know about this is is what was the whole tongue thing? So of uh, the warlock comes in and and 
attacks him and then um sort of looks like he's he's kissing him but he bites his tongue off is was is there any was there any did i miss something was there any actual reason for that or yes. was it just a bit of salaciousness to uh no 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 there was a reason okay uh, i think wasn't it because he wouldn't stop talking uh possibly yeah, because he kept trying to engage the wall looking conversation. And the more he got silenced back, the more he talked. Ah. But so I think that I think that was I think that was it. Ah, okay. Well that's what that's what, so so that's how I read it. So I th- I think there was kind of a a, a, a purpose to it. Uh, like a, a like a just kind of malicious <laughs> revenge for for nothing okay. kind of reason. Yeah. Um, I want to take you back because you mentioned that Steve Miner, the director, was more well known for uh, doing a couple of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure I must have said this. Um, I'm sure I've said this to you before, if not actually on the podcast. But I don't like those films. I I don't like 1980s slasher movies particularly. No. Um, so so I haven't even watched the two Friday the Thirteenth that Steve Miner's directed however i have watched um halloween h2o which yep. he did well i quite like that that you know i do have a slight weakness for the michael myers ones because yeah i like john carpenter <laughs> um, but <laughs> that, that 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 halloween h2o was was all right that that was and uh, he also directed lake placid which i yeah the, now that i actually liked <laughs> and that that's maybe not dissimilar from warlock in a few ways obviously the obviously the plot is totally different but but the kind the kind of yeah. it's horror but but on the edges of what you would consider horror and quite actiony that's the film with the um that's the, the alligators the big, big alligators big and betty white yeah um yeah so so yeah so yeah he and he obviously, I think he does a reasonable job of directing this this movie, uh, Warlock. I mean, yeah, um, it's not like brilliant, but but I think he, um, I, I, he just tells the story in a brisk way, and you know, it, it, uh, the action scenes are uh, actiony. There's uh, there's a bit of tension. It builds up to a conclusion. It's quite enjoyable. So so I, I think he does. I think he does a pretty reasonable job but even if you can tell you're not dealing with like a, a david lynch um but actually i think a lot of the quality uh comes from the screenplay yeah now the, the screenplay was by a writer called uh and, and, and i think i'm pronouncing this right david tui yeah um now he he went on almost immediately to write the Harrison Ford version of The Fugitive, and then okay. he's been been the writer director of Pitch Black and the Riddick films that followed it. Okay, so so he's quite. I mean, he's done pretty. He's had a good career following on from Warlock. He's done reasonably well, well out of it, and I, and I think he he's you know I think top tier talent and i think probably his his screenplay really does does help um yeah and i wanted to call out that that he was involved in that maybe i mean i mean not the steve miners doing the bad job but i think you know the screenplay is what really gives them all something to work with yeah 
Well, just well, there was just some nice little daft comedy moments, although I did facepalm a bit. But where um, Richard E. Grant's character brings out his witch compass, and there's a whole witch compass, that compass kind of. Oh, yeah. Silly yeah. Joke. Yeah. Yeah, and and that that is that is one of the moments where you think, "What are you doing, Laurie Singer?" Yeah, <laughs> but it's not. That isn't her fault. <laughs> no, <laughs> there isn't any. Yeah, you you you'd have to be. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how you would get a laugh out of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was. I think that was a nice attempt to to be a bit funny. But yeah, I don't think it it really work that well but i do like the witch compass i think that's quite quite a cool thing yes and it's it, a yeah. nice little prop um and and it certainly helps drive the <laughs> drive the plot didn't it yeah uh, I, I i agree um any other any other little comedy bits you want to draw our attention to because uh, you said a couple that is, that's, that's I, there probably is one but I, I might get to that I, I just find Julian Sands's delivery amusing and that it's that that scene obviously wasn't with him and you've got uh, Richard E. Grant doing it in a bit more po-faced way yeah he, he's he's a bit more intense isn't he with his performance um, yes and, yeah. and and the warlock is he Gillian Sands plays him as if he's somebody who's just slightly amused by everything. Um, exactly. Uh, and kind of having a, 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 a fun time. Um, and which is, which is why, and I think, I think um, Redfern gets later, gets a bit more, uh, gets a bit more likable but to begin with i think he's just too too intense but then i guess it's that again it's like we were saying it's that van helsing dracula dynamic isn't it yeah that's exactly right and and yeah and and dracula's the charming one (laughs) yeah yeah because he's he's got all the all the power and yeah but 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 Van Helsing's armed with knowledge, and we know Redford knows how everything yeah. works, and which, yeah. which is, yeah, which is what helps him. So it really, it really is pretty close to that dynamic. Um, yeah, I think I think that's right. Um, what what I wanted to to go on to say was that um, this film is sadly difficult to watch. Not difficult to watch as in. <laughs> Uh, yeah as in like uh, an ordeal but i mean physically difficult to get hold of um so uh, i mean uh, it did come out on vhs video so i first watched it but um it doesn't seem to be available anymore on dvd and blu-ray at least not in the uk there are import versions but but there's no uh like official one for this territory and you can't stream it um anywhere so um officially so so i had i don't like doing this um but but it is available on youtube and so i had to go back and watch this movie on 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 youtube which presumably was legal because otherwise it wouldn't be on youtube but it um of course not (laughs) 
<laughs> everything on YouTube's been cleared and I'm uh, sure uh, copyright agreed. I'm sure Google would not let me watch it if I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and the, the the version that's that's sort of available on YouTube is not bad, but the, the you know the quality is always yeah, yeah. way worse on YouTube than than any anything else because of the compression. I think just generally but, punishing but, but doing it. It was it was quite good. Like it gave gave me that that feel of watching it on uh, having rented it from a video shop, have, having with the tape having been played by loads of other people first and being a bit dodgy which is exactly but, which is exactly how we would have seen this film that is exactly how i saw it that's exactly <laughs> I, I will have rented it from the video shop that's the first yeah I, I saw it and i actually i loved it i thought it was back in the 80s i thought it was absolutely great i loved it and i was so excited when um i found out that warlock the armageddon was coming out <laughs> yeah um and, and so uh, I watched, I watched, so I must, I would have been at university by the time that came out. Um, that was made in 93. And that's the, when I went to university. Um, and I watched it. <laughs> I was so disappointed because it was <laughs> like, this is not what I wanted at all. Because what I wanted was the continuation of the story in Warlock. I wanted yeah. to see Cassandra again and Redfern again. Uh, yeah. But But what you get is, in, in in that that movie is essentially uh like a basically a, a loose remake so um the Julian Sands is the warlock again uh and but there's other the forces of good are like druids for some reason right. in this and and, and it, it's different so, uh, and there's no there's no even mention of anything that's happened in the first movie it's it's like i say it's more a a, a remake that like a loose remake than yeah. uh, a sequel in any way, and and and, and um, although it was some people call it Warlock Two, the Armageddon, or just Warlock Two, it wasn't actually. It was released as Warlock, the Armageddon. That's what the title yeah. says. It's almost like this is just a, this is a, a, a new film, and I watched yeah. it. I, I you know for for the purposes of uh, research and and you know for to further the cause of a very British horror. <laughs> I, I manfully went and I watched it again, and I was surprised the second time how much I liked it. Okay. I think, I think for two reasons. One, one because this time I knew what to expect, and yeah. the second reason is Julian Sands. He essentially gives the same performance again, and it's just like uh, <laughs> this, is, this is. I'm really enjoying this again. I know you're just doing the same thing you did before, <laughs> but I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, so, um, and, and you can actually get hold of um, Warlock the Armageddon. The yeah. rights to that seem to be uh, in a better state. So I, you know, so I rented that on um, on on iTunes, and I'd watch that, and and it, like it's not it's not good, um, <laughs> but you, you know, because the, the the druids are kind of not anywhere near to the level of quality of of uh, Laurie Singer and. Richard E. Grant and their their characters, but but it's still it's still yeah. It, there are some nice touches. There is another version of the Witch Compass, by the way. Um, so okay. They do that again, <laughs> and and there's another. There's something else instead of the the Grand Grimoires, and there's a, there's a, there's another uh, there's another scene um, 
where where he talks to um, Satan who's possessed right. someone. And so, so it's very similar, but it, occasionally I, it goes like more over the top because you've got to do that. It's got like a like a fair like yeah. a circus freaks scene, and and and, and it's Obviously. got like it's got Julian Sands completely naked in it as well. Okay, I I mean because 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 he, he gets he gets literally reborn, and, right. and, and yeah, it takes him a, it takes him a little while to get clothes. Uh, and um, for some reason, when he does get them, he gets them from Sack Galligan. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Um, in, in, in just inexplicable cameo. <laughs> so, so, so that, anyway, that, I, 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 so I, I'm going to exclusively re- reveal that I now actually kind of quite like Warlock the Armageddon, which I never did before. See, see, I'm fairly certain I have seen it. But I don't really remember much about it. Um, I I know that I around the time it came out, I was getting Starburst quite a lot, and it was it was covered a lot in Starburst. Um, uh, so I do I do think I probably have seen it, but I don't really remember that much about it. So maybe I'll give that a try. Did you watch Warlock Three? So because there no. is a third one. No. So so um, <laughs> my my interest in in Warlock basically ends with Julian Sands' yes. involvement. So, so yeah. in, in Warlock Three, which has got this really, like, I think it's called the End of Innocence, which is a slightly pretentious <laughs> title. <laughs> um, but Bruce Payne plays the Warlock. But yeah. um, he, I mean, um, I, I don't know. But apparently, the story is totally unrelated again, yeah. and uh, it's set. In Ireland, and it was uh, filmed at Roger Corman's studio in Ireland, which uh, okay, which which I think because um, when you mentioned Roger Corman, you think okay, so it was it was kind of super low budget, and I think the reason Julian Sands isn't in it is they couldn't afford him essentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 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 that yeah, um, but but uh, and you can also uh, rent Warlock Three on iTunes, but I've never seen it. I've no interest in in watching no. it, and weirdly, um, there was a Warlock video game um, on the so. yeah on the Super Nintendo and on another console, um, um, and it but it, it, I think it followed more the plot of the second film. Uh, but, right, but, okay. But the, but yeah, there the, the was um, because I, I I was thinking while I was watching this, it would be. You could probably get a reasonably decent computer game out of it. It reminded me a bit, actually, sort of just sidetracking loads. Do you remember on the uh, Spectrum and Commodore 64, there was a game called Feud? I never played it. No. I and, it, and it was basically, you could have one player or two players, but it was essentially, the story was there were these two brothers who were both warlocky type people. Uh, and you you had to kind of they they had this feud hence the title and you had to try and defeat the other one but there was lots of um rituals and things you had to collect and combine to make um certain spells and that kind of thing so i don't know when i was watching this i was sort of reminded of that game i don't remember it but it does sound awesome yeah it wasn't bad It, it was i've got a feeling it was on the budget range as well and it was some of yeah. the best ones were 
Mastertronic yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're, anyway, we are we're digressing. Um, but there was also there's also been a Warlock comic series, but that was that was much later. So it okay. seems like, like that was in about 2009, um, and, and it seems like they couldn't get get they got the rights to the Warlock, but they couldn't right. get the rights to use Julian Sands's likeness. Okay. So, so he, he, so, so it's kind of a blonde person who looks a bit like Julian Sands, but not in a way where they'd have to pay Julian Sands. So I don't know if Julian Sands refused or whether they, again they couldn't reach uh, the uh, yeah. financial agreement. But, but I, I, I think that's a shame because even though that, that's a comic, so you know he's never even if he could use his likeness, it wouldn't necessarily matter too much. I, I, I'm not sure. How enthusiastic I am about reading that. <laughs> no, that sounds rubbish. So, but but it does. I mean, these the, the sequels and the spin-offs and things. It shows that that it, there was there were serious attempts to turn Warlock into one of these horror franchises, like yeah, um, Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street. And, and yeah. I think it, and um, maybe most particularly. Hellraiser, actually, um, yeah. but it just it just never quite. I mean, um, I think probably because um, Warlock Two wasn't that well received, and um, then they lost Julian Sands. It was never quite. I mean, if 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 I know the slasher movies tend to have different actor yeah. every movie, but if Nightmare on Elm Street had lost Freddy Krueger, that yeah. Or, or even Hellraiser had lost Doug Bradley, it might have been different. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and and you know, I, and that's for, for me the whole the whole thing about about this is, you, you know, it just reminded me how good Julian Sands is, and um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's been a while since I've watched the Julian Sands films, and I've watched two in the last few days, and I'm just like. Yeah, when he was at his peak, he was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and that's not to disparage his later performances, but um, but but they tended well, not to be. They they have tended not to be leading roles. I, he, he, I mean, he's cropped up in lots of things over the years. So uh, as I was, uh, things I didn't know about, like I did watch the Haunted Airman. So that was like um, yeah. when BBC Three went through their like a mid noughties phase of the ghost story for Christmas. And they did those two view from a uh, view from a hill and um, number 13. They also did like a feature length one adapted from Dennis Wheatley. And um, that's got like uh, the haunted a man. And that's got like, um, Oh, what's his name? Batman in it. The, I think the, uh, some, some guy who's now a big star anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Robert Patterson. I'm sure he's in that. Yeah, you might be right. I, um, I don't think I've seen it, but I think I know the thing you're talking about. Um, yes. The last thing I saw, although I didn't see him, he he's the narrator in the the Borley Rectory film, which I really quite enjoyed. Yes, yeah, so I, I I did notice that, and it has, and I I think I do kind of want to watch that but you know i have a kind of aversion to alleged true stories but um but yeah, I, it, it, it it's sort of done it's a it's 
it's weird it's a it's a documentary acted out with weird animated bits but it but it's it was surprisingly surprisingly good and i don't know that it i can't try to remember if it kind of claims it doesn't claim that anything is particularly real uh and apparently um yeah there's there's lots of anyway we're digressing again but yeah it, it, that that was the last thing i probably saw that had him doing a voiceover in it and i, I have to say i didn't twig it was him until till the end i mean he, he also uh, he, he um had recently well recently the, the last uh 10, 10 or 15 years had done some agatha christie things and I, i'd seen him in them and liked him in them but he's, he's playing a different part of his career a different kind of character in those yeah it's kind of a shifty yeah. aristocrat I, I remember one of one of them i remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> which, which suited him down, down to the ground but i also saw um so i also saw that he'd been in a dario argento movie uh so, so he played the phantom okay. of the opera for dario argento oh, opposite Agio argento yeah yeah um apparently it's not that good uh no. <laughs> i don't know sometimes those films suffer from translation dubbing and, and things yeah that. i think i think Argento's one of those directors that in his heyday in the sort of 70s and early 80s he was pretty good and then he sort of a bit like John Carpenter some of the later films are not not great I think that's best yeah <laughs> yeah and then they just kind of lose it a bit yeah I, I, yeah I think many people felt that I haven't I haven't seen it although one a horror film i have seen that julian sands made was tale of a vampire yeah and um that that was that was a kind of early 90s british vampire movie and i think he basically did it because he wanted to play lestat and um in an interview with yeah. the vampire and he wanted to show he could do vampire uh, yeah. and he was brilliant and it's a great film it's hard to see Kenneth Cranham plays like the vampire hunter, but, but you're okay. simply switch. So basically yeah. the vampire's the good guy and the vampire hunter's evil. So but um yeah. Um but but I think it's really awesome film. I think he would have made a great uh the stat. He Anne Rice wanted him to play the stat, and then Neil Jordan okay. and the studio thought Tom Cruise was a better bet. Yeah. Um now in, in fairness. Paul Cruz did a good job, but he I would, did, yeah. but, but you know, uh, yeah, but, but I mean, Julian Sands just looks like this, the stat, and he could have played him given the opportunity. So sadly, though, he'd been in Boxing Helena by that point. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was just going to go back to uh, a couple of things I sort of wanted to go back to. Really, was the obviously there's a the bit with the kid which i really liked where he meets the kid and and is seemingly quite friendly towards him playing video games and talking about yeah. uh, what it means to be a warlock in a chatty way yeah yeah although in a kind of real stranger danger film kind of way um but yeah he he, he i i really like the way that although the the timing of it is a bit weird but i really like the way that that kid is then missing and you then learn that he can fly if he uses the 
fat from a child or or something and then you 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 sort of piece it together that ah okay yeah he killed him even though you don't see him kill the little kid yeah it just just i think that kind of illustrates that there's no kind of depth you won't sink to (laughs) exactly um yeah Um, but but it was done in a a way that that it's bearable it doesn't sidetrack the film by having a horrific child murder i mean yeah but i think from that point when it when he starts flying around the place i think i think it's it 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 stopped that the it stops being quite so much of a horror film after that i think um yeah just as a side then that little kid who who's in in that bit of the film he went on to play david hasselhoff's son in um baywatch <laughs> for many many years <laughs> so happy ending <laughs> yeah so 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 yeah so warlock didn't end his career <laughs> david hasselhoff did yeah he probably didn't want to act after that <laughs> he probably had enough <laughs> Um, um and think speaking of another really cool scene sorry we haven't really mentioned anything i know time's getting on as well um we haven't really mentioned the, the whole farmhouse scene um yeah which where he holds up in a in a farmhouse and they track him there and, and that whole scene reminds me a lot of a little bit like where, where the man all the things of crops are failing and the milk's gone sour. Reminded me loads of the, the Color Out of Space, the H.P. Lovecraft story, which I thought was quite nice because I, I suspect they might they might have um, taken that from from there. Um, and there's a really cool bit. Is is it shortly after that with the vicar? Well, no, is that when they get to Boston? There's the the priest, and. Another really cool bit that that Julian Sands does, he causes the priest's house to just shake violently in order to get in, and and it knocks a crucifix off the wall, and he comes in and the first thing he does is just very, like matter of factly, just pick the crucifix up and put it back on the wall. I and absolutely I love, love that. that. In that I, kind I, of yeah, I'm not Dracula, kind of way. This doesn't affect me. I love. I like that. That was a good little, small little scene. Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 that, that was absolutely excellent. And and it's interesting you mentioned the color out of space and love Lovecraft. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think this is a little bit different. Although you could you could yeah. equate the Grand Grimoire with the Necronomicon because that's yeah. that's quite often been the the equivalent MacGuffin in Lovecraft uh, mythos stuff. Um, but another film that, that Julian Sands made was uh, Witch Hunt, um, which was uh, a sequel to Cast the Deadly Spell. So there were, there were these two right. TV movies uh, made by HBO in the 90s, um, which were basically um, Philip Marlowe crossed with Lovecraft. You know, so... so, so um, you know, like the Maltese Falcon or the Big Sleep, but investigating Call of Cthulhu, <laughs> that kind yeah. of. Um, and and in the second one, the the uh, witch hunt, um, Dennis Hopper's playing 
Harry P. Lovecraft. And uh, um, Julian Sands is playing uh, a guy who's a warlock. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I wonder I wonder how close they got. I wonder whether whether, whether this is like a, an unofficial third warlock performance <laughs> from, from Julian Sands. So so uh, you the film's not it's another thing that's lost to the mists of time. No, I was um, gonna say they are they available anywhere. But but I found it is on, on YouTube and again Google therefore must be making it legal for us yep. to, to, to to watch it. And I and I and I found the, a bit a scene with Julian Sands in. And he 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 looks totally different to uh, to Warlock, and he's doing an Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, this isn't completely what I was looking for." <laughs> I I can see why they would definitely try and make it as different as possible to his other rollers at Warlock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure about the Irish accent, but there we go. <laughs> no, I, I think generally overall, I, I I really enjoy this film. I think it it just takes me back to the, those, like we said, the video shop days and those where we'd go in and and rent out some poor horror film based probably on the cover. Or, yeah something like that and it just reminded me of, of of those days the only bit i i wasn't i thought didn't really work so well was the the bit in the airport the aircraft that kind of irritated me a little bit i mean it, security in those days was not the not, not <laughs> i mean i mean <laughs> she's wanders on with the weather vane well uh, and she, she's like, you're carrying a knife. Ridiculous. I can't believe you're trying to carry a knife onto a plane. And then she just puts it in her handbag. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing as well, she goes to pay with her credit card. And then it looks like it's going to be declined or something. So she distracts the person on the desk and unplugs the machine. And then the next minute they're going on the plane. I was thinking, Does that how, is that how that works? If you yeah. unplug the machine, they go, oh, well... You must must have gone through okay. Off you go. <laughs> Free air travel, yeah. And and then um, also um, you, there's like um, the the signs of the witch being in the vicinity happen again. Yeah, the the yeah. curdled uh, milk, and then then there's a guy smoking with a blue flame, and you think. Smoking on an airplane, yeah, you used to be allowed to do that. Was that a yeah. good idea? Was that ever a good idea? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure it's the witch you need to worry about. And, it's and, the smoking. And then, and then the warlock is in the in the hold of the plane, despite the fact he can fly, but he's in the hold of the plane, which again, that they don't pressurize the hold in the craft. So I don't know. Maybe, how would he know? I don't know. Maybe he's got some spell that stops him from uh, being affected by that. But yeah, yes. And he should have been concocting a spell to prevent him from being uh, uh, murdered by a tiny bit of slightly salty water. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's immune to the the effects of air pressure and and the fact there's no oxygen and all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, do you know? I think we've I think we've covered the whole of this film. I think this has been a 
you, you know, pretty comprehensive guide to Warlock, you know, with information as previously revealed that's not even on the Wikipedia page. Um, it is on Ian Abercrombie's Wikipedia page, but you know, you'd have to you'd have to know and go to <laughs> go to that. So, I, I, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think the only real thing to because I love I love the film too. I agree with that. So we don't need to go that. All we need to really say is. If we want to, you know, get in touch over social media to congratulate you or I or both of us on this episode, and many people will want to do that, how can they? So you can go to Facebook and find us where we're a very British horror, or on Twitter we're at very Brit horror, or you can email us at very British horror at gmail.com. And I just want to say that there's one more mystery to this film that we didn't discuss. If you watch the if you watch the if you watch the end credits, right at the very end, there's a bit that says special thanks to. And one of the people that says special thanks to is Brian May. I noticed that. I noticed <laughs> that I called that out to my wife. <laughs> I don't I can't answer I can't tell you why that's there though. No, no, see that's a mystery. If anyone knows, get in touch with us via that the social media. And on that bombshell, I've been Chris Denton. And I'm still Paul Monk. Good night. Bye.